I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And this is Mahogany Momology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. And actually, we have a marvelous momologist this week. Mm-hmm. Jerletha McKenney wants to give prayer, uplift, and celebration to Tikva Wadley of Chicago. And um, you can find them on Twitter, if you will. So thank you very much, Jerletha, for giving to Tikvika a shout out. And um, yeah, so what are we talking about this week, Tosh? Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. So let's, uh, with the inauguration of President Trump, we've seen an obvious surge in African-American gun ownership. And one question we you probably want to ask is do we see this increase we've noticed um has it has the trend have we've noticed this has this trend um been noted you know the most dramatic increase we've seen are those of black women and black women are among the higher rated individuals of gun ownership so in addition to political uncertainty there are other reasons behind of course an individual owning a gun obviously from personal safety to self empowerment we will discuss the rise of black women gun owners changing the narrative. So, did you know that in 2017, a study showed that 16% of quote unquote non white women identified themselves as gun owners, compared with about 25% of black, excuse me, of white women? And I kind of saw this as a, it was a growing percentage as um, there was a gun association saw its membership double. Um, from 2012 to now over 60% of the membership being women right, right. of gun owners. I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. It is interesting. But we have a guest today to help us discuss this topic, and we have Latasha Oliver. And Latasha Oliver is the chief operator for Body by O and Body by O Tactical. She began her endeavors as a personal trainer with the organization in December 2014 alongside her now husband, Oliver Kingdom. Her experience as a firearms instructor began in August 2016. Latasha is still training to become an effective and proficient firearms instructor. Her current title with Body by O-Tactical is Range Safety Officer, or RSO. Her role in Body by O operations include developing and evaluation of programs on both the fitness and the firearm side, Her focus in the organization is geared toward Black women coming forth services. Latasha is also currently enrolled in graduate social work program at the University of Texas at Arlington. She specializes in macro social work and is scheduled to graduate in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So her passion for well-being of the Black community with emphasis of Black women drives her work with Body by O and her future plan as a micro practice social worker. So welcome, Latasha. Welcome, Latasha. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm curious, what are the gun ownership stats nationwide? Like, So I was looking, and this is with the NRA, the National Rifle Association, mm-hmm. which... If you want to get some history, they were established in November um, 1871. And on the direct, and this is directly from their website, they say they have uh, over about 6 million members. So, um, and I will put that disclaimer, that's, that's what they reported. That's their self-reported okay. effective 2018. <clears throat> so, um, we also have other, they, there are plenty of gun Owner, you know, there are plenty of gun associations or organizations. Another one that's fairly large is the Gun Owners of America, and that was established in November um, 1976, and their membership is upwards greater to 1.5 million. So, yeah, that is the interesting. And so, what we want to think about. We want to think about what are the stats for African Americans because those stats in itself are just the general, you know, man, woman, mm-hmm. black, you know, all those together. So, what are the stats for African Americans, specifically black women, um, and geographically? And so, some of the things that I was able to dig up through. Um, Gallup in 2011, they stated there was 43% of women reported household gun ownership. So that doesn't necessarily mean they own it. That's just the means there's a gun in their house, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
of that, 46% are adult men versus 23% are women gun owners. So those are some of the stats that, um, that I was able to come up with. It also reported that there are 19% of blacks versus whites that have a firearm in, in their home. So again, I'm just citing this from a Gallup poll in 2011. I can totally imagine those stats have increased. What would you yes, say? Yes, I would, I would agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, would totally agree. Again, you know, years-wise, 2011, there was still Obama that was, you know, in administration. And like I mentioned earlier, now that we have President Trump, we've seen a surge overall, you know, in gun ownership. We've seen an increase in that. So we can we can probably infer that of that there are African-Americans that have contributed to that increase in the percentage. So. Latasha, have you seen an increase? Because you started your business like in 2016, uh, you the started? Or firearms started? The firearms that started. The fire 2016. Oh, okay. Yes. So would you say that you saw like an increase or more women coming on? Or like just from talking to other firearms instructors, do you feel like there's been more women than in the past? Or... Yes, since um, starting in 2016, I would say in the last year, like all of 2017, even up until now, there has been more women than when we first started or even before then um, that has been considering um, purchasing a firearm or one training. Like they're more, they're, they're starting to be more open to it now. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Interesting, interesting. So I guess what would be, what what are the women coming to you? What, is, what are their reasons behind wanting to at least become familiar with a gun or train or anything? What, is, have, what have you heard? Just based on the clients that we have, there's two reasons. One, um, the highest one is domestic violence. So it's like, okay, I'm getting out this relationship. You know, he's been acting kind of stupid. He's pushed me before. He's you know, stood in the doorway, blocked me, and he's choked me. You know, we've had fights before. Now I'm leaving, you know, and we all know just the general research of domestic violence. When you leave, that's when things get the most dangerous. So mm-hmm. we've had, like, a lot of clients. I would say at least probably about 40-ish percent come for that reason. 40 percent? Yes. Wow. Come for that reason alone. Wow. It's like, okay, I'm getting out this situation. He'll look ignorant. Let me, you know, get something to protect myself. Like, mm-hmm. the stuff is serious now. Whereas generally most women are like, okay, society is changing. Like, you have random men punching women in the face, you know, because you tell them no, or you don't want to give them your name. So you have that. And then going back to what you said, Tosh, you have the Trump era where you got to worry about some Trump supporter to be talking out the side <laughs> of their mouth. Yeah, nice. you, know, saying it, something, <laughs> you know, saying something crazy to you just because mm-hmm. they don't like the way you look or, you know, whatever, something just as silly as that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those pretty much are the main two reasons we see why women are black women are starting to come train a okay. lot more. Okay, interesting. I'm I'm curious. So with your because we were just talking about how you guys are going out to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Where where other cities have you gone to for your training or or to to provide training? So I'm curious. This um this will be Bada Bow Tactical's second time to Los Angeles. Okay. So when um when my husband first started. The training tour last year in August, Los Angeles was was actually the first city he went to. Um, He's been to Colorado twice. We've been to Houston a handful of times. Just left Houston last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, The weekend before that, we was in Columbus. And these are people that are reaching out to you saying, hey, come to our city, come to our city. I was kind of curious, like, how are you determining? So people are just like, so they're they're either um, the head of their gun club. Or just someone who, like, hey, I got a few people who want to sign up. Like, what's your process? Gotcha. So that has happened in Fort Lauderdale a few times. It has happened in New Orleans. Um, I mentioned Colorado. It's happened in Phoenix. So y'all it's, are just traveling nationwide. Wow. Just yeah. back and forth. Wherever, awesome. wherever they're asking for training. That's awesome. Um, Detroit. Yeah. I love how Detroit. We're supposed to be going back to Detroit right. next month. Mm-hmm. So. 
Okay. Um, we've been back to my hometown, Shreveport, um, once or twice. So just wherever um, our people say, hey, we need training, you know, mm-hmm. what's the process to get you here? Wow. And we go. Cool. That is cool. That is cool. So I guess my question is, now that we're seeing the, these upward trends, you mm-hmm. know, of African-Americans, specifically black women, I guess what, what, and this is kind of a, a pie in the sky, kind of a personal thought. What kind of changes would you see with it, with this influx of black gun ownership? Like what do you, do you anticipate, um, you know, um, more awareness from legislation, um, policy changes, like, you know, what what kind of things would you would you anticipate? And I'll say hypothetically, like, you know, we say like, a, I don't know if we get like 70 percent of, you know, black women owning guns. Like what what changes? I think that that'd be a question for everybody. Like what what kind of changes would you see? Well, I mean, I've, I've noticed I think there was a question, too, about um, we kind of talked about in relationship to that being you know, Democratic Party is a little bit more anti-gun in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, or with that, majority of black women are Democrat relationship party goers, right? Mm-hmm. So with us being more and more gun owners, how are we changing what's going on in the Democratic Party to change their mindset of how guns are being owned or handled? Mm. I, it's funny because I actually, I, you. <laughs> I actually had this conversation um, with one of my Instagram followers earlier. Um, I say this first. Um, I don't want it to be a trend with us. I want it to become right. like normalized, right. you know, the yeah. new, norm, new norm. I don't want us to get caught up in becoming gun bunnies where, oh, it's cute and it's cool to have mm-hmm. a gun. But meanwhile, you have a gun, yet you have no training. Mm-hmm, so right. when, you know, something do hit the fan, he you are with a gun and you don't know how to use it. So, but um, for as policy and liberal versus conservative, Democrat versus Republican, for me, for when it boils down to it, it becomes a matter of personal safety a matter of I need this gun to protect me. Because if you put yourself in the mindset, oh, well, I'm Democratic and Democratic supposed to be against guns, then, oh, well, I don't need a gun then because guns are bad when they're not. So I don't identify either way. It's my love for guns. Like, it's solely specifically come from us being safe, Mm -hmm. come from black bodies being safe, being able to protect ourselves, being able to protect our spouse, our children, our loved one. So my love for guns is like revolved solely around black black bodies being safe. So I hear <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and the and the yeah. one that the you know Philan Castro comes to mind. Yeah. Mm thinking about we want black bodies to be safe, where we saw a registered gun, a very legit, had his papers, but yet his safety was still in jeopardy. Yeah. And that's in that situation, too. So I guess my 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 next question for you is, say I did buy a gun. Mm -hmm. What what would you recommend as a woman like me? What would be the next steps that I do? Like how obviously training, but is there is there a number of train a number a minimum number of trainings that you would recommend as as a woman? Um, like training, training is indefinite. It's mm-hmm. not oh well, I'm just gonna go once a month or I went this month so I'd be okay for another month because in your career your development rather is constant. It's forever growing. It's not okay. I get training and I'm good now. Mm-hmm. You, it's something you have to continuously keep doing, continuously practicing. So when we do get clients who like, like, okay, well, I want a gun. Where do I start? We start with, we even do firearm consults where we go to the store with our clients and help them pick out a gun that fits them and their lifestyle based on how they carry, how they dress for work, um, whether they be carrying in a purse, on a person, they budget, like what's comfortable for them. So we take all of that into consideration before we even get the training okay. in place. Because if it's not a firearm that you're comfortable with carrying on you, you're not going to carry it. You're not going to want to train. That's why you have a lot of people with firearms 
but they don't train on them. Yes. Like, it's equivalent to a purse. You have crap load of purses in your closet, but it's that one particular purse that you're going to hold on to because that's the one that's comfortable for you to keep with you all the time. You're right. So. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to do. They tend to buy the gun first, and mm-hmm. then, you know, they'll they say, let me, let me try and practice with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know— like to me, I wouldn't yeah. personally feel comfortable buying like a oh, goodness a, a a bigger gun. One one. I, I like. I are you trying to like? I can't. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You know what I mean? I personally wouldn't feel that way because I, you know, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how I to load. It yeah, all. I don't know how and to that's load. Where, that's where know. training comes in. Right. Right. How does so. the training that or I don't know if you've done training. I I did look at your website one night and I did not see, but. It, you can totally correct me. Um, training not just as like women, men, or men and women together, but with families, with a lot of women having children. You know how how do you guys handle your trainings when it's a, a black woman or any woman for matter um, when they have a family? How does that gun training go? You bring the babies out. Like it's not on the website. We have trained families, and we have one, two. We have about a handful of single black women who come regularly mm-hmm. with their children because they have teenagers. Mm-hmm. But of course, with everything going on, you don't want the babies plastered all over the website. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, Understood. Okay. So we do mm-hmm. train train families, and it is like we do suggest it, especially when you have children in the home. You want them to understand a gun is not a toy. It's more than what you see on TV. It's more than you know, on the video game, because we tell them not to play with sockets, not to play with knives, not to play in the streets. You know, they know all of these things because we tell them. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to firearms, we don't want to talk about it with them. So it's left up to them to try to figure out, well, how far can I go with this gun? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they playing with it with their friends and they playing with it while you're gone. And then we have these negligent shootings and the babies shooting themselves, uh, yeah. you know, shooting each other. But we do... um have clients that, like I say, that come out and train with their children. And it's safety is always number one. It's always safety, safety, like the safety rules. Before even shooting, we spend, I say, average about 30 to 45 minutes on going over safety rules, how you approach a gun, you know, how you pick it up in the safe way. Like, don't point it here. Keep your finger off the trigger. Don't do this. Don't do that before you're even allowed to shoot. And the babies have to, the babies go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't know, then they're going to try to figure it out on their own. And right. that's when accidents happen. Right, right. I that's get that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Because my son is 10 and he's been. I was going to ask you I, yeah. how old your, your little one was. Seven when he first handled a firearm. For seven? Okay. Seven. And seven. he's 10 now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that gives me an idea. Who <laughs> like, we know where Tasha's gonna be soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna back up further on on your bio. How did you get interested? And I know it's about safety. How did you get um, introduced to guns? What, uh, if I may ask, if it's not too personal? How no, it's, it's not personal. Um, oh, 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 yeah. oh, she's referring to her, her husband. husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so his name is Oliver. We just call him. Yeah, call yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> So he um he was a firearm disruptor in the military. So he's he always cared, like since day one of us dating. He always cared, always cared, always cared. And um when he started going to Dallas, cause we was doing business in Dallas first before moving here mm-hmm. for a full year. And I was still doing my undergrad program. So he was I wasn't always able to go. So, you know, we was like, and he was like, So well, you need a firearm now. So he actually had an extra, um, he had two firearms. So he was like, well, we'll go try this one out, you know, and see if you like it, you know, before we just go buy you another one. And so we went to the shooting range, and I end up liking it. So it's mine now. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got um, into myself, like, with carrying, like, with carrying a firearm. So then when he started the fire, the actual firearm business, and I realized a lot of women are coming and they was like, well, you know, is your wife going to be there? Your fiance going to be there? You know, like, what do she carry? What do she carry? How does she feel about it? So mm-hmm. that's when I realized, mm-hmm. ding, 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 you know, they okay. prefer most women when it comes to even the fitness side, but focus on um, focus on the firearms. They want to hear what another black woman got to say, mm-hmm. what she say about it, what, how she feel about it, do she carry it? Let me talk to her then. Okay. So that's... Okay. Mm-hmm. There's yes. trust in that. Yeah. 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 yeah because yeah, you you're a man, you know what you're doing, but yeah, you don't you don't know what it's like to be a woman with a gun. Mm-hmm. So let me yeah. talk to your wife. And that's literally how how it how goes. Like for his regular clientele, when the guys are there, I'm 
at home doing homework. But when it's a woman who's scheduled, okay. she'd be like, well, what's your wife's schedule? Okay. So we work it around my schedule cool. so so that I am there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Well, that helped me lead right into my next question. <laughs> Describe the hesitation. Say like, you know. Because I'm hesitant. Yeah. Well, and statistically, they show, of course, the South is the biggest percentage of gun owners. And then... Um, I don't know, because she over here flying to L.A., yo, so... Okay, well, and then I think, and don't, you know, the South being, but I think the rest of them, um, West, North, Northeast, they're all um, almost like equally percentage-wise as far as gun ownership. So, what is the hesitation or what are some hesitate? What are some things why when black women are hesitant, you know, to own guns? Why? Why are you hesitant? Well, for me, it, with having a child, I was concerned about, OK, how am I going to teach this little person? Because I, you know, I always saw it as a bad thing of having a gun. Not that it's bad, bad, but I mean, I'm a military brat and whatnot, but. I didn't. We didn't have See, guns. Look at her face. See, I had guns at home. Oh, now, now I got to raise my hand because I got a question. Yes, yes, <laughs> no, I don't have, we didn't have guns in the home, so my dad was already done with Navy. Mm-hmm. Even though I went on the base, even though I've been around, like I was just on the base. Now it's been remodeled and stuff, but um, I was around guns then, being on the base when I was a kid. But I didn't feel. I didn't want one. I knew they had them. I know my brother in law had one. I just. I didn't grow up wanting to touch one or um, dealing with it at all. Um, and so, and I don't, I don't recall my father having one in the house. Um, my sister probably will correct me if that's wrong, but I just don't recall it being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, being a mom now, I just was like, no, I don't, I never really searched out for training. I'll put it that way. I just was like, nope, I'm mom. I'm good. I'm okay. Shut down. I shut, shut it, it down. down. And I'm not saying I'm not open to it because, like you said, that's the reason why I asked you about, well, how do you handle moms who, you know, in the guns with the children and how that all mixed? Because I'm like, well, how am I going? I don't know how to deal with that with him because. Mm-hmm. How old is your baby? He's you know five. Mean? It's not that he gets into everything. He's five. But if I want to have he's another an one. He's explorer. Yeah. And all children are, yeah. you know, and if we have other friends over and they're kids are explorers i just i would feel hor- clearly horrible if something were to go wrong that's where my hesitation has mm-hmm. been my husband's like we i talked to him about this morning and he's like oh yeah i'm all for it i'm all for guns uh, you know in the house. that's all right yeah woo-woo. you know he's so i'm not looking for him to check off the box it's just i just have not gone to hmm. and, and that's train. that's part of the safety that we do go over to because like gun safety isn't just when you handling the gun at the range mm-hmm. it's how you store it how you keep it in the car in your purse you put it up when you get home like where is your, your son is five so of course at that age it would either it would be locked up put away somewhere where he can't get to it whereas my son is 10 he knows at this age not to bother it. Like, we get ready to go somewhere. Like, mama, you got your gun? Mama, you got your bag? Especially, like, if I change bags and I don't have my bag. So, mm-hmm. he's at that point, and he's familiar with it, so he knows it's not a toy. I'm not going to go out looking for it. Now, I don't leave it out laying out. It's in my, in yeah. my EDC bag. Yeah. So, to him, it's just, it's no different than making sure I got my cell phone when I leave out, out the door. But I know when they're smaller, you can't afford to leave it laying out on the counter like you say if you live by yourself or it was just you and your spouse so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that's part of the safety aspect of it on how you store it and if your gun is locked up and put away you know how quick can you get to it if something did happen so all of that is like factored in in the training session when it comes to to the safety it's almost like when you when we think of the term gun it, it has a negative connotation to it, right? Because yeah. gun, I mean, the the whole history, I mean, a, a lot of people can argue the invention of the gun was for mass destruction, right? So, yeah. you know, yeah. it has that negative cloud in, you know, surrounding it. So, like you said, with your trainings and safety, you're trying to, you're trying to educate the owner. You're trying to almost put... A, a positive spin. I don't. I don't know if that's the right word. I want to say as far as owning a gun or just the word gun, but just to know that it does not have to be 
having a gun or the word gun does not equate to negative experiences, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, exactly. And it doesn't have, have to be negative, but I know the way we ra- the way we were raised, what we hear in the news, right. first and foremost, going to determine how we look at guns. So, yeah, it's like having to... Kind of like having to reprogram, mm-hmm. like reprogram, re- reprogram us. Because when is. it when it boils down to it, the gun cannot do any harm alone by itself. True, it has the power to save <laughs> a life and a power to take a life. It sure it's does. all in the matter of the mindset of the person who has it. Now, I'm not going to act like guns are just all hoorah, hoorah. Everybody should have one. No, depends on who you are, what you have going on in life. But when it pertains to black women and our safety inside and outside the community, that's something I am in favor in favor of under the right circumstance. Like I say, you you gotta have training, you have to find someone you're comfortable with, somebody who's gonna take in, you know, to account your specific situation mm-hmm. because training with firearms training is not a one size fits all program. Mm-hmm. It has to be tailored and changed for every client, even when you bring in a family out from the dad to the mom to the teenage son to the young adult daughter, like it's going to be different for everybody, even within that same family. So going back to your question, even when we have families out there, everybody is like getting their own their own thing, but it's still within a family setting. So that bond is still there. They're like, okay, so we all have the basis that is this, but we know I need to respond like this. I need to act like, you know, how this how way. Per- okay. Mm-hmm. So. okay. Hmm. Interesting. It is. How often um how often does your son come out to you to trainings? Does he ever go with you guys? Yes. He yes, he does. We like always do like the safety stuff at home before us at the at the range. Um, as often as our schedules allow. So he I would say a few times a year, but for us like getting him out at the mm-hmm. actual actual range. But the safety part, we always do that. Mm-hmm. Like anytime we leave the house, we come back to the house. You know, so safety is like constant, 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 constant. Because I need him to understand and know this if he's ever around other friends, you know, and they find a gun or something. So we always like running like scenarios like that. You know, what did you mm-hmm. do if you had a friend house and they find a gun? Like, tell me what you, what you, okay. you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like we even go into detail like that because he's a boy. Boys getting this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like... I need him. I need to feel comfortable and know that, you know, he's going to be the responsible one because I can't, you know, dictate or try to predict how other people raise their children or if they're taking the same safety precautions. You can only control your child. Exactly. True. Very true. Very true. Um, I I was kind of wondering, you know, with various, I mean, we're here in Dallas, so we had the NRA come, they had their meetings. I find interesting that, especially with the Fidel Castro situation, how the NRA did not step up in support of him um, and against the officers, because normally it's always the reverse in terms of gun ownership. What is your, if if you don't mind, help me understand why the NRA is not listening to the Afro. To me, it doesn't seem like it could be so wrong. Why the NRA is not listening to the African American gun owners, or am I wrong in that? No, you're no. You're, you're not wrong. And that kind of also the, is like, you know, yeah. that goes back to my first question. Like, you know, in a perfect world, what would happen? You know, yeah. if we started, you know, coming more to these NRA conferences? And are we, we not joining? Like, are are the black women who are gun? owners or gun members or whichever organization not joining enough of or not joining in drove of the NRA because you don't have to join the NRA right no, as a gun owner no, right it's no, not like it's, a, it's, it's not like, like being a doctor where you have click, to join that's, it's, that's okay. all it is it's, a, it's, it's not a, a mandatory if you, if you think about it um it's probably on their website so but the NRA is blue lives matter why would they say anything about Philando their blue lives matter so, you know, then even if you look back at the history of how 
even going, matter of fact, let's go all the way, all the way, all the way back to when the Second Amendment was put in place. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for us. It wasn't meant for us to have guns. Guns wasn't meant to be in the hands of black people. So even going forward now, you got black gun owners, and it's just kind of like, oh, what he doing with a gun? He must be up to no good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why he need a gun? What she need a gun for? What you training for? But you have Caucasian counterpart with a firearm. They get pulled over, tell you they have a gun in the car. There's no big deal with it. But to be black and a gun owner, that's a double threat. Yeah. So it's like, oh, shit, what he doing with a gun? Like, oh, what, what he reaching for? Maybe he reaching for his gun. So far as, like, the NRA is concerned on the Philando issue, I didn't expect them to say anything. They never have. They never gave any indication that they was for black bodies. So, is there a push of of anyone wanting to try to change their mindset or go to those meetings and try to change, like, change the narrative in a way? So, are you saying, should the NRA reach out to us or should we reach out to them? I mean, it's clear that they're not going to reach out right. to, to, yeah. to us, but I guess what I'm looking for is why are why not take the approach of going in droves, joining the NRA, and going to the meetings and being there in droves, you know, strength is in numbers, right? So I'm just kind of curious, like, why why is that not being done? Why do we need to create our own? Like, And that's fine to create our own because we have, you know what I mean, because there's black <laughs> gun owner associations. So why not take that number and infiltrate the NRA and push back in, from the inside? The NRA has been around a long, long, long time. And we all know undoing policies, like, isn't an easy, yeah, easy task. So, the way I look at it, being trying to force someone to allow me to be a part of something that they clearly don't want me in isn't something that I would want to spend my energy on. So it's kind of like, well, do I want to take all my energy and try to get them to see how valuable I am and how they should care about what I care about? Or should I find other like-minded people who want to or who have this same goal in mind for the betterment of us and focus over here. So it's like that exclusion, exclusion thing. So it's... it's just say it's, it. Like, just, okay. say, just say it. Like they, it's, it's whatever. There's no, there's no, there's yeah. no PC here. Yeah. The NRA doesn't want, like they, they doesn't want to include us or they would have. They've been around long enough to make it to where mm-hmm. black people will feel comfortable going to address black issues. They address everything else. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a black person owning a gun, oh, we're not going to comment on that. Oh, we're not going to be political. But they're political when it comes yeah, to all of this. Yeah, they got lobbyists, yeah. So mm-hmm. they're I mean, paying people to push their agenda. Yeah. yeah. So if they genuinely cared about black issues, it would be done. They have the money to do it. So I'm just not a fan of trying to make someone include me when they've already showed that they don't want me there. So the NRA pretty much is they their base is conservative. I'm I'm just gonna yeah, go out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Is. It is what it is. You know, they have a large conservative base. Traditionally, African Americans I mean, we're not of course we're not monolithic. There are black conservatives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not but the large majority. That, but the large majority, like liberal. you mentioned, are liberal democratic. So mm-hmm. You know, if like she's mentioning, if they wanted us, they would have they would have had us. True. Simple enough, you know. Simple enough. Very true. And so, can we talk? Look at me. Can we talk about um, (laughs) the incident on Camp Wisdom? With yeah, you can, yeah, you can. You can jump out. There. I was yes. gonna get. I was gonna eventually get there, but you you you, you just jump right out into the pool. Oh my god! Okay, so start swimming for our. (laughs) For our (laughs) listeners, I tread water first, okay? (laughs) I get So for our listeners out there, there was a a story in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where a woman was in the gas station 
excuse me, and she just went into the store very quickly to just handle her business in the store, whether it be pay for gas, I don't, I don't know. Meanwhile, she had her children in the car, ages four and two. What ended up happening in that small space of walking from her car to the convenience store, uh, someone attempted to um, uh, steal her her SUV. The, the article I read, and I and I got mine from the BBC, what happened was— uh, Wait, you got yours from the BBC? BBC, yeah. You went all the way out the country. Yes, I did, mm-hmm. because okay, they, they give a very objective view. That's, very that's well. my— Anyway, (laughs) so what ended up happening is that the the person behind the counter was like, hey, there's someone jumping in your car, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know what? She went into mama mode and that's exactly what I feel like she did. She went Mm -hmm. into mama mode um, and went into the car. So the story from BBC was like she was in the backseat. And she was trying to um, tell the gentleman to stop. Uh, long story short, she was able to get in the glove compartment and shoot the man. And he ended up, um, obviously, they got, they got into an accident where he hit a pole or whatever. Uh, he is still hospitalized. Like, he didn't expire from the last I heard. heard. I think she shot him in the head or something yeah, like that. She shot him in the face. Yeah, one mm-hmm. article said head, one article said face. But hey, he's in head, face, condition. it's still above the neck, right? And so, he, yeah, he is in critical condition, but I, you know, I don't know if he's expired at this point Not that not. I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's, let's talk about that then. That is a mama. Mm-hmm. She had just bought that gun or received it either last week it was my understanding just never, so the content never know mine of it yeah <laughs> like never know mine of it you know um what are your thoughts about about that um when i saw it i was like good like okay. you know i do remember the article saying something about it was recently that she had put it you know in her in her um glove box so I was glad she was able to, you know, stop him from getting away, you know, with our babies. Because I was like, no telling what would have happened, exactly. you know, yeah. to them babies if he just randomly jumping in somebody's van and, you know, see kids in there and you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I um, I am glad that, you know, she, re- she reacted quick because stuff could have been, you know, a lot, a lot worse. No, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, and to add a little bit more to that, she was, while she was there, she was really trying to tell him, hey, I've got kids in the back, you know, you know, ha- have have a little compassion, uh, uh, sort of speak. It was her you know last I mean? resort. It, it wasn't was her, her first resort. It wasn't. She, she didn't no, no, no. She yeah, used it, the last resort. But she was just trying, yeah, the gun was her last resort because yeah. she was trying to talk to him saying, hey, I got kids in the car. Can you, you know, like, stop, you know. A thief, is, to me, a thief is a thief is mm-hmm. a thief. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you get he, what you deserve. He crossed but. the line when he got in a car that wasn't his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was, I was reading her quotes. Oh. <clears throat> And, you know, yeah, just going to back to what Latasha was saying that, you know, he did cross the line. And so uh, her quote was, she told the CBS Dallas, I wish I would have killed you if I didn't already. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then she added, I should have emptied the whole clip, but I didn't. I don't even think she should have gave quotes because then you get into a whole other legal situation. But You do. Um, but you know what? That's... I'm not. I'm not mad at her. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm you, not you, mad at her at all. You know, she. You. You know. You know. You have all of the energy. You have all of the know-how, especially when your children are in danger, right? And so, I'm just like, I'm. I'm. I say kudos to her as far as um, being responsible with with her with her gun ownership mm-hmm. and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, but I, I just thought that article was timely with given the topic that we were talking about today yeah. um, with, with owning a gun. And in that instance, she was able to safely bring her children home. Yeah. Well, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about how she clearly must have took some great training. Um, you ain't got to have aim that close. Well, and what I mean by that is, 
either because of the conflict resolution, like she started first with conflict resolution, mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily her first resort to just use the gun. Um, I mean, some people probably would have and just shot him dead on the spot. Um, so she gave him an opportunity to walk away without, you know, harm's way. Um, I think it's great that she remembered to put it in her glove compartment. Um in that regard, because, you know, I would probably have left it at home. I don't know. You know, I don't know how long, what type of other training that she's had with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really smart of her. Um, and clearly it worked out in her better benefit, you know, mm-hmm. um, to have it. And it, it does showcase in point, like what you're saying, like the safety and keeping the children um, all together and the family together. Um, and then I think, too, it it helps other women say, oh, OK, you know what? Maybe I should go ahead and get a gun and you know i'm probably not in the best environment and taking that next step because clearly if this woman can do it so can i um i think i think one of the things that you kind of mentioned um latasha was you're hoping that doesn't become a trend to just be a gun owner um for just like you said being gun babies you know or gun gun bunny if you will gun bunny um and i'm hoping that her instance doesn't cause that as well just to be cool like it kind of changed it from being oh okay let's go to gun practice to no i'm carrying a gun for the safety of my children um mm-hmm. is what what i kind of took from that I'll, i i'm with you i i do like that she did conflict management first but i also think about also people who are highly trained not only with guns but folks who are highly trained with martial arts and things like that they tend to in their training, I guess, uh, tend to do conflict resolution first mm-hmm. before they actually do, speaking from a martial arts standpoint, um, before they actually attempt to do any kind of physical um, yeah. harm yeah. to that person. So, Ver- verbal judo. Yeah. Is, is what my <laughs> <laughs> verbal judo. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, you know, to me, it sounds like she she did have some, some kind of training. So, to yeah. it. But, which is good. Which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kudos. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, I know was was. What are your thoughts, Latasha, on how school should handle guns, um, arming teachers, things like that, with what's going on with the increased number of school shootings? Um, <clears throat> school shootings. Um, Do we really need to have metal detectors? <clears throat> Yes, I say yes. They're in our schools, so do they work? I mean, are they effective? That's a complex question. I know. I know. I'm just being rhetorical. When yeah, I'm saying. because school shootings, plainly put, aren't happening in the inner city schools. So they don't hesitate. Yeah, you know, they have reports showing that well, metal detectors don't really work. Um, but they don't hesitate to put them in the schools where our babies go. But that, when it, that's yeah, that's, when it yeah, comes to where you see these school shootings happening at, mm-hmm. they're happening in the either middle class or you know upper middle class. You know where you know they have a little bit of money. It happened in in those schools, but they don't want to put metal detectors in there because. Uh, to make the school feel like a prison. I don't want my baby, you know, to have to go through that. But those are the schools where the children are bringing the guns to the school and shooting everybody versus it's still a problem in inner schools. You're finding children being caught with weapons on them, but they're not shooting up the schools. So it's that's, it's like it's a complex problem to fix. And then you got to look at the red flags being ignored when people are saying something about these children who's doing mm-hmm. the school shootings. So it's like so much to factor in and these children who's doing the school shootings, they have prior use of a firearm because they was taught how to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they already breaking rules by taking the gun, then smuggling it to school and then shooting up to school. So it's it's so much in that that it's like so many issues to address it from so many different angles that it's like, well, where do you start in even fixing that? So, I guess I went mm-hmm. to one of those upper class middle schools, and you know I what? Have, I didn't have detectors. Mm-hmm. I went to I went to high schools in the nineties, and we had metal detectors. Yeah, it didn't it didn't matter. Now, my husband 
No, he did not have, and he grew up on the East Coast too. He, I don't think he had it in his school, but when um, his his sister went, that's when they started to transition. And so she went, and that was like, ooh, ooh late 90s. I'm going to say late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me and my husband are not that far apart in age. So we essentially went to, you know, we were in mm-hmm. the same years together. I, from day one, when I started high school in 93, you know, they had metal detectors. But again, I grew up in the in the, in the the inner city. Yeah. I, I just don't think they belong, period, regardless if they're inner city or not inner city. I, I do think it makes it look like a prison. I yeah. do think it sets up our, regardless of where they live. Mm-hmm. Because the, the middle school and high school I went to, like I said, and I lived in a, I guess I was middle class, um, predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. There were, you know, Pan-African, Pan-Asian, um, some African-Americans. Some of us were, you know, some people were white. Um, but the school campus layout, mm-hmm. you can go shoot up the, from the back portion, the back outside area, if you wanted to. Not that I'm trying to encourage that. I'm just saying, because I can see where, like, an urban, why they would put a metal detector, even though I don't agree with it. Like, it, there's only really so many points of entry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the school, middle school and high school I went to, there's too many, there's so many points of entry, it, you couldn't, you can't really put a metal detector because you can shoot from any such angle. There's too many angles. There's too many ways of getting in. Wouldn't that be in favor of having a, a metal detector? If you had a metal metal de- metal detectors at all, those there's entries? Too many, there's, too many entri- many? there's too many entries. Gotcha. My high school alone, I was just there last week. There's too many entries. There's too many ways of getting on that campus, and it's used for other things in terms of other groups are using it for um, athletic practices. There's too many ways. There's too many metal detectors you'd have to buy. And then that um, something <laughs> and to I keep up with. And now that goes to the school resource officers too. Like no, I did have that. I did have a resource you officer. Know, some schools mm-hmm. have one. Some schools have a few. But then it's like, what are they doing? Are they patrolling? Are they making sure you know people, you know, legit coming on and off campus? Because mm-hmm. like you said, with the different entries, like some schools you can walk up to and just walk straight through, like, onto the campus. It's not like, okay, you have to go through the, through yeah. the front. Like, yeah. we did a um, speaking engagement last year at a school in Fort Worth, and we had the, like, buzz before we even entered the building. Like, yes, we yes. We had the buzz in, and the hall was set up to yes. where you had to go straight yes. to the office, and they, like, ran our IDs before even letting us to go back to the classroom. I did not speak. live that way. See, so, and it's still that way. It's still, like, there's a big old fence. There's fencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both schools, the middle and the high school, there's still fencing. But there's, like I said, I was able to, to get on the campus. Yeah. So my high school was very much like what you're describing. I had an ID where I had to swipe. That was step one. Wow. Or you push it in, you know. It's green because you only, you know. You're a student. Is, <laughs> you're a student. You're a student. And this is the first time you're actually, you know, punching in. Uh, it would be red if you tried to punch in multiple times, i.e. you left, you came back, you left, you came back. Oh. <laughs> so it would be red. But that's step one, right? Step two was to go through the metal detectors, right? Sometimes it was a step three where we had the resource officer with the wand, front and back. Like, it was not, it was TSA. It was straight up when I when I went, depending on the high school, depending on the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 But... So, you know, my, but my, for the majority of the time, it was a two step process. You put your ID in and then you went through um, security. But it was funnel as such. We, I mean, yes, there were multiple entrances, but those were locked down. So between the hours of eight and nine thirty, this is the only entrance you're coming in. Like after the bell rung. Yeah, yeah, you're after. only coming in this way. You know, there wasn't any multiple nothing. Never lived that. And I guess it just depends on the location of the school, where the school is but at. I feel like, like a the lot of school schools. I went to didn't have that. My dad sent me across town to go to the, the good people's school. Yeah, yeah. But I remember even during that time, and even now in my hometown, there's a lot of schools that, well, it's one, you coming in through this door, you're going out through this door. Like, the doors are right there. Yeah. The metal detectors right there. School resource yeah. officers right there. And, like, ain't no 
open, like doors are locked. Yeah. Like around. Yeah. So, so that is the only one you're, yeah. yeah, you're coming in and out of. Yeah. And that's the norm for a lot of schools. And those, those are that's not. That's why it, it blows my mind how you say <laughs> basically your high school you is like a college campus. And I, yeah. it, it, and, Oh, it's a lot of these schools in <laughs> well, Southern I mean, California well, no, are I like mean, that. In, in yeah, you're Texas right. Too, it was, you know, it, are like that too. Yeah, you know, to this day. It, just, it blows my mind. There's some like y'all are just so free. You they know, they're just, just so free. Like, <laughs> like my sister was mad because there's fencing around um, the middle school, and we were getting into a discussion like legit. Like this happened this past week, and she goes. There wasn't that much fencing when I was there. And I go, yes, there was. And she goes, no, there wasn't. And she's like <laughs> offended that there was that much fencing. And she goes, and then this makes it look like a prison. Mm-hmm. And she, she's in education. And I'm over here like, oh, I thought it always had that fencing. Like mm-hmm. that much fencing around mm-hmm. the entry points. But yeah, you could hop the, like you can go f- come from the back of the school where we did what's called like the different PE, the PE area, oh, yeah, like the team building, the and team stuff. building, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, the outside area. So there's like homes back there. There's an entry point and you can come in that way and then yeah. come up a ramp and then you're into the main part of the school. Mm. You know, you just as long as you got into homeroom, right. you were good. Right. And high school is the same way. Like, like I said, we able to get on campus this past weekend and you didn't have to worry about a metal detector. That's so, cool. I mean, it, I mean, she did teach when at a school that did have a metal detector. Um, I don't remember if I went through it or not when I went to go visit her that one time. But I just, I, I think I'm just shocked that we are making schools look like prisons. Um, I would like for there to be more resource officers. I feel like that could combat it. And I don't mind them having guns. But my thing is, I'm not comfortable with teachers having guns is what I'm getting. I'm not comfortable either. But you Mm -hmm. also, if you want more resource officers, that means we need to have an increased budget in education. And and yeah, that's like goes to budget and priorities. Yes. Yeah, it really does. And if in this day and age, if we're cutting education and we have teachers, you know, you know, striking and such. Coming out of pocket just Coming, to pay to, just to have the bare I, minimum and teach the babies. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah, that is a budgeting issue. I feel like I'm in a different state. Come on, California, it's very different. And you're from? You're from I'm California. from California. Mm-hmm. Where they, it's not that, that, that they have the better school system, not saying that at all. I think it's just what bonds or whatever is pushed in front of voters to get things done. Yeah, I was going to say because... Because I feel like it's a bond issue and how the money is spent, like you guys said. But. I was like, Texas, I'm from New York, you know, it's the same It's the same issue. So education budgeting is nationwide, you know. That's, that's the thing. Do you do the trainings with... Because I think now, like, what, Texas uh, college students can come on campuses with guns nowadays, right? Yes, they mm-hmm. started started last year. Because mm-hmm. I carry when I go to school. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Do you that, have you been seeing or done any trainings at college campuses nowadays um, with women, or because of this this law? Um, no, I've recruited clients, some clients that way, like some okay. fellow classmates. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, over UTA, UTA runs was at Alpha Cooper and. Um, the other street, Abram, mm-hmm. like all over there. And so, you know, they have dorms and stuff. And yeah. of course, there's going to be crime, college campus, whether it's another student or somebody who like, ooh, a bunch of young people, let me go over there. So um, I keep up with my little email subscription and just to keep up with the crime in the area. So when they did implement the campus, it's called Campus Carry. When they did implement that, I was like, Yes, because I had night classes at the time, too. So um, it was like right on time for me. And I was like, you just never know. We'll walk into your car because you mm-hmm. go to class at five, six o'clock. And then you come out three hours later and it's dark. But your car is like way over there. And now you got to walk and yeah. you never know what, you know, maybe going on walking across the dark parking lot at nighttime. And the social work building, it was a bunch of women, a bunch of us women. So I was like, OK, like. Um, one summer, last summer, we got out of class like 10 o'clock. The teacher would keep us like all the way late. And I'm like, okay, where well, everybody parked at? You know, I just would feel better. Everybody, you know, get into their car, especially like with stuff stuff happening. You don't want to spread out and you going in your car. Then we hear about next week something, you know, something to happen because it's 10 o'clock at night. 
parking lot have maybe two, three lights and, you know, anything mm-hmm. can happen. So I am glad that they that they've done that, but you have to have your CHL and it has to be concealed. So oh. that takes away the traditional college student. They're not 21 yet. Mm-hmm. So it would mostly be the non-traditional students, us grown-ups who went back to school, who would be, you know, um, utilize, benefiting from the campus, the campus carry. But you wouldn't know who's benefiting from it because it's concealed. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, I had a question and I totally... Mm. I want to know more about... Um, women gun clubs or just organizations um, after you've already done your trainings with them or, you know, continuous trainings, are you are you a member of one that's just specifically towards women as, like, a group and you guys are getting together and doing, quote-unquote, tactical trainings? Can you enlighten us as well as our listeners about that? Gun clubs, no. I'm not a member of any gun club. Because Body Bible Tactical is an organization. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the brand. It's our business. So being a member of the gun club, we're we're not because we want to make ourselves available to teach everybody. Because okay. gun clubs, when they boil down to it, they're cliquish. Mm-hmm. They may not like them over there. They may not like them over here because they don't like the way they do things. Or you just know how it be when we get together in groups. It's personality based and all of that. So we eliminate ourselves from joining any gun groups so we can train everybody, you know, who needs the training because we don't want to tie ourselves to one gun group and it'd be like, well, we don't want to train with him because they training them over there. Oh, wow. So that's why we're not in any gun clubs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So far as knowing any gun clubs that's strictly geared towards women, I do not, not off the top of my head. Um... T, Marshall Washington, her right. happy firearms. Now she has her whole campaign is for black women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not a gun club. It's her brand. It's her business. So okay. when you talk about gun clubs, you're talking about basically Paid put, membership. Yeah, or, yeah. You're talking about a clique, whereas what we do is the training for it. And okay. gun clubs need training. So that's what we're trying to get to be the norm too, instead of just Oh, well, let me, you know, go shoot and post a target. Oh, let me just take some pictures with a bunch of people and some guns when we need the training. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. No, that's, mm-hmm. it's good to know the difference because I yes. was unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What What do you feel like should be a next step for any woman um looking at guns, you know, um, if they aren't able to, you know, have you guys come out to a city, what type of, or what type of questions should they ask a trainer? Say, for example, if you guys are not clearly available, what questions should um, a potential gun owner ask their trainer? What do you mean? Explain a little bit more for me. Is there something that they should be looking for to make sure that they have a really good trainer or not? Um, When it comes to black women, like moms, Mm -hmm. I would say... First off, a trainer who would understand what it's like to be a black woman carrying. Because if you don't know what, or you can't prepare me to accurately or comfortably be a firearm owner, then, you know, how effective is your training really? If you're just telling me, oh, stand here, shoot like that, and that's the basis of it, but I have children at home, I'm a black woman. And if you even take, training from a white woman or a white man, if they can't translate their training into what it's like to be a black woman or a black mom carrying, because it's not the same. Going back to what you said about Philando, he was a black man who was a gun owner. Yeah. So being a black firearms owner isn't the same for everybody else. So I would say focusing on finding someone who you can relate to, who know what it's like, who can be like, oh, well, you can't carry that holster. Um, but let me back it up a little bit. Oh, well, women should carry appendix holsters. Or, you know, appendix carriers right here in the, yes. on your yeah. front. Okay. Whereas okay. a lot of us are shapely. 
Right. We can't mm-hmm. carry. Yeah. Think about if I was carrying right here, right now, y'all see it bulging mm-hmm. and poking out and be like, well, why she got a big old gun on them clothes? Clothes too tight. So whereas you take somebody else, a smaller framed woman, she can carry right there, have a shirt on and be fine. But if you're shapely, as most of us black women are, you can't carry the way every other woman's every other woman carry. Mm-hmm. So it's little stuff like that you have to take into account. Like it's a bunch of cute videos out there where they're carrying around here yes. in between their boots. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you that have to love. find someone who can make your training relatable to you. You as a person, you as a professional, you as a mom, all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think that's one of the things that's unique about us. No, it's because it's tailored. Yes, yes. Whether yes. man, woman, like it's your training is tailored to you. Yeah, and like so. I like the fact that you we are shapely people. I can't unless I'm I'm visibly you know caring on the outside, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, if I'm trying to. You know, yeah. be cute about be it. Be cute, and, you know. I can't. I be can't put on safe. my hip. <laughs> I I can't put in my breast. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so body just, structure plays a, a big part. I need part to think and, about and, that and, either. And black women mm-hmm. on how we carry your body structure, yeah, determines how you will carry. Hmm. Wow, interesting. And because I'm in gym clothes a lot, gym clothes are fitted, so I have my bag. But however. We as a black woman carry. That's how we need to train. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's. How you whether if you're able to carry on your hip appendix, that's how you need to train. If you carry in your purse, that's how you need to train. If you have an EDC bag, that's how you need to train. So what have is EDC everyday carry. Okay. Everyday, okay, okay. Because there's some people who don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. EDC <laughs> is every everyday carry. So the gun that you carry every day, you have okay. your your concealed handgun license. It's mm-hmm. the gun that you carry every day. Hey, you, you just I'm, learning. I'm learning. You so learning every. You you learning some gems. I mean, that's why we do this. That's mm-hmm. why we do this. Not just because I need to learn, but there's <laughs> no. so many people who need to learn. No. Well, thank you so much, Latasha. I think we've learned quite a bit from you. Yeah. Can you just thank you for having me? Oh, oh no doubt. Do you want to uh, shout out your business? Where can we find you? All that good stuff. Yes, Body by O, Body by O Tactical. The website is www.bodybyotactical. Dot com Facebook page. My Facebook page is Latasha Oliver. My husband's Facebook page is Oliver Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You can find social media um, too for the Instagram. His Instagram is Body by O three one eight, and mine's is Nappy Head No Stomach. I know <laughs> that was killing it. me with the Instagram. There's two like, those. It's two underscores. So it's Nappy Head underscore underscore No Stomach. Mm-hmm. I branded myself with that. Like when I first started my fitness journey, like yeah. before. I even had met him. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. lost his weight, I and that. I was like slim, fine, and didn't have a stomach, and I had a big old fro, so it was like never hit in the stomach. So <laughs> I that's love how it. I came I in, love and it. it just stuck. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it stuck. No. so I branded myself and didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so beautiful. Yeah, and we'll post all of that information in our show notes for for our listeners to find out more about about your you guys's business. So. All right. Well, let's get some final some final food for thought. Um, I hope this conversation has changed your perception of gun ownership as a black woman. Please let's let's discuss this. Um, Instagram, Facebook, um, wherever have we initiated this conversation with our partners? So, like Melissa, you said you 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 we you had this conversation haphazardly, haphazardly. (laughs) You know, I like. My husband, he has one. He has a gun. So, and he's gone out and trained. And he's, and and I will say, me, I was one of those like, ah, gun, don't touch it. You know what I mean? Kind of deal. But he was one like, no, like, since this is in the house, like, you need to learn how to use this too. So, Mm. what's up? Put a little little point. That's that's a good point because a lot of men are not like that. A, really? A lot of men are, are not like that. And we as women, sometimes we get comfortable where he's my husband. He's supposed to protect me. What about when he's not around? What about when you're going to the grocery store, when you're going to work, when you're going mm-hmm. to school, when you're out with the babies? Mm-hmm. As a man, it should be his duty to make sure you're able to protect yourself, too. What right. if he's not home? What if something happened, you know, happened to him? So then it's like all of that you have to take into consideration. And that is part of the family, the family training, mm-hmm. too, as well. So. Mm-hmm. 
So that yeah, was that was his, and that's a whole nother, yeah, whole nother subject. I know that's that's part. Look at me, part two later. You know what I'm saying? We we'll probably have you back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But that was, but that was truly his rationale yeah. and my motivation to yeah. do that because he had bought one and he was like, you know, and I have family members, you know, who own guns as well, but you know, I was just living in, I was just, just you know, me being me or whatever, and so. um my husband was very much like, you need to learn. And then, you know, other family members was like, oh, oh, word. Okay, word, word. Mm-hmm. He said it. Okay, yeah, you do need to learn. Okay, and I'm going to, you know, yeah. here's where you need to go yeah. uh, to do that. Because, like you said, not, you know, everybody, everybody can't be there 24-7. You need, uh, you know, it is. If you've ever been to the range, it's very empowering. You I've know? never gone. I've uh, never gone. Ever, ever? Never, ever, ever. <laughs> But I will. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say black unicorn because then Tiffany Hatch is gonna like kind of sue me. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I I will say that this conversation and getting to know you like offline before even having you know this conversation um, and the whole family thing, I am encouraged to want to do it more as my with my family, not just like me by myself mm-hmm. because I I have that hang up and so. Um, I'm looking forward to reaching out or either doing a group thing, mm-hmm. you know, with other family people and stuff like that to, to do that. So yes. that's really encouraging. Can I, can I yes. Yeah. And for any other moms listening, I do want to, in case I didn't say it already, that I am open for questions inbox. Yeah. You know, comments or anything if they had like any questions. They don't have to, because um, the number, the number and the email address on the website does belong. To, to my husband because like I said I'm in school so most of everything goes through him then if it's a woman then he push it to me so that's why I gave my social media so if they want to reach out to me directly then they can they can do that and we can have a conversation yeah. and go go from there yeah. and she's very responsive yes she is yeah mm-hmm. no that's that's a big thing no yeah yeah so we appreciate that absolutely thanks again for Thank coming you for on having me. Mm-hmm. no <laughs> doubt looking forward to having you back in the future yes. too i know topics. part two like yeah. I said. you never know you, you never, never know. know so yes so let's go ahead we'll continue this conversation on our social social media outlets as as mentioned facebook instagram excuse me um you we can you can also find us now on itunes and google spotify. play and spotify mm-hmm. <laughs> so i hope you the listener was very um engaged and and very you got some knowledge based on this gun ownership and i hope um would you have a positive or neg- negative response after listening to this episode to gun ownership? So, and then also to reiterate, has this conversation changed your perception of gun ownership, especially as a black woman? And, um, you know, think about having this conversation with your partner. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll see you then. We'll go from there. You got anything else to add, Mel? Well, no. Um, I would just say definitely being open and having this conversation and dialogue was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely, you know, for moms who are concerned, you know, if you need to do it in a group setting, you know, and and definitely body by oh, they'll, they'll travel. So that's that's always a nice plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely taking heed what Latasha said in terms of finding a trainer if they're not able to travel to your city at that time, you know, finding a, a trainer that fits who you are as a person. Um, that that's very helpful as well, too. So Perfect. that way they can feel comfortable. About owning yes, a gun. Yes, ma'am. Sidebar to what um, Mel said. We do have clients who have been out of town, and they, they say couldn't get enough people together, and so they have came to Dallas, like, to train for the day. Just turned it into, like, a weekend stay, and we have had small groups to come up to Dallas and stay the weekend, and they train, like, two days. That's and then cool. They, they go back, so. Mm, nice. That's cool, see? So, yeah. So many ideas. So, we, we do carte. this, like, every day. It's around the client schedule. So, weekday, evening, morning, weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, we, this is what we do. Awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, that rounds out Mahogany Mammalogy. I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we'll see you next time. All right. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye.